Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, this is Rich Myers of NCAT. In this episode, Nina Prater, a sustainable agriculture specialist with NCAT's Southeast Regional Office in Fayetteville, Arkansas, talks with Dr. Philip Owens and Dr. Amanda Ashworth about a new piece of farm technology called the Subsurfer. Dr. Owens is the research leader at the Dale Bumpers Small Farm Research Center in Boonville, Arkansas. Dr. Ashworth is a research soil scientist with the USDA Agricultural Research Service. The Subsurfer is a piece of equipment that inserts dry poultry litter into the soil without tilling the soil. It was originally designed for use in pastures, but Dr. Ashworth has been conducting research on the use of this technology in organic edamame and sweet corn production. The discussion includes the many benefits of this method of fertilization, and Dr. Owens talks about his hopes for getting the technology on the market and available for farmers. For more information on this topic, you can contact Nina Prater directly via email at ninap at incat.org. And we'd appreciate it if you'd take a few moments to complete a survey after the podcast and tell us what you thought of it. We do appreciate your input. And the link is in the notes accompanying this podcast. Let's listen. Hi, my name is Nina Prater, and I'm here today with Amanda Ashworth and Philip Owens, who are both with the USDA's ARS service. And um, would you guys mind introducing yourselves and telling what your role is with ARS? Yeah, so my name is Amanda Ashworth. I'm a research soil scientist with the USDA Agricultural Research Service, and I'm in the poultry production and product safety research unit in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And my name is Philip Owens. I'm the research leader at the Dale Bumpers Small Farms Research Center in Boonville, Arkansas, where our mission is to use research um, to find economic solutions for smallholder farmers. Great. Thank you so much. And um, I have you both here today to talk about a research project you've been working on there um, concerning um, both poultry litter and um, some some novel ways of using this in specialty crop production. Um, so let's just dive right in. What is this novel method um, that you're using for nutrient management um, in this project? Um, thanks for that question, Nina. This is Philip. And I'll describe the novel technology and method that we're using. So we're using what is called a subsurfer. It's a a piece of equipment that was um, patented by Dr. Dan Pote at the Dale Bumper Small Farms Research Center. And this is, if you can imagine, uh, the combination between a no-till drill and a a manure spreader. And so what this um, piece of equipment does is you take um, poultry litter, and it uh, has to be fairly dry, uh, below about 35% moisture content. But you put it in this hopper in the back of, uh, of uh, like a manure spreader, and it's got these um, beaters on it, so it, it beats the, the um, poultry litter and pulverizes it, and then knocks it in like a no-till drill. So it puts it and makes a little slit in the soil, opens up the soil, drops the litter in, and then uses a press wheel to close the litter within the soil and so what this does is it 
keeps the, the manure below the soil surface, which that traps the nitrogen. So all the nitrogen that would volatilize gets um, trapped within the soil. The phosphorus um, that could run off from a surface litter application uh, could run off. Um, and then there's no smell. So the neighbors, if you apply, use this piece of equipment, uh, the neighbors don't smell that you're applying poultry litter, which we all living in uh, northwest Arkansas know what that's like. So, um, <laughs> yeah. as I said, this was patented by Dan, and it's been primarily used in forages. And um, so, Dr. Ashworth got some um, got a research grant to to begin looking at it a little bit further in uh, other specialty crops. Okay, great. So it had been used like in pasture and hay uh, situations. Mostly? Primarily, yes. That's where we mm-hmm. had, um, and that was, was developed for it by uh, Dan because of the, you know, the phosphorus runoff into streams and preventing eutrophication. We're trying to find novel solutions to keep the phosphorus in the soil, out of the waterways, and so ARS is a problem-solving uh, research institution. So that was a problem that Dan used his understanding and engineering ability to to try to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and so now you're all trying to push it um, even further along to be able to help with um, providing fertility in, in cropping situations? That is correct. Very cool. Um, and just so from a soils perspective, it it sounds like it just inserts it, the, the poultry litter, into the soil without turning the soil at all. Is that correct? That's correct. It's like a no-till drill. It opens it about a couple of inches deep, and so it, it has these um, coulters in the front is what they're called, but they're little discs that open the soil into a, a slit, and then uh, there's these uh, tubes that come down from the um, from the hopper and drops it into the little slits that's created by opening the soil with the coulters, and then a press wheel in the back closes that up. So it, it puts it underground and closes it up, which is a real novel technique for um, for trying to keep uh, litter below ground and nutrients below ground. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really interesting and really good because we're always, um, you know, trying to teach farmers to, to um, disturb their soil as little as possible. So this seems like a really great solution for farmers wanting to get that fertility, but who aren't wanting to, to till or disturb the soil too much. You're absolutely right. So part of the, you know, one of the tools that we need to prevent erosion and runoff into streams um, from just sedimentation is is try to not disturb the soil and following the trend of no-till farming and conservation practices, this is another tool that we feel like could be very useful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about the research study that you are looking at using this in the um, in organic edamame and sweet corn production, um, could you talk a little bit about what what the study is and and um, some of the preliminary results that you've had? Yeah, so this is Amanda. Um, so this work is funded by the Arkansas Department of Ag, and they have a uh, grant focused on specialty crops and promoting specialty crops in uh, certain regions. And so for this project, as Philip mentioned, the subsurfer, which we have identified, can reduce greenhouse gas losses from um, soil applications by about 88%. Um, We also find that it 
it um, sort of improves some of the water quality issues that we see from surface applications of poultry litter. And so it really keeps the nutrients in the soil. Uh, but we do know that planting directly in poultry litter is um, not a good way for crop production. But what we don't know is what is the optimum distance from planting from the subsurface band row. And so in this experiment, we've been uh, testing 5, 10, and 15 inches from the poultry litter band to identify that kind of sweet spot for growing crops. Um, and so we are evaluating this under irrigated and dry land systems for both edamame and sweet corn. Um, and so we just finished uh, the corn project um, up, and what we're finding is that it is um, optimum for the five-inch planting distance for corn and that it actually can uh, provide greater crop yields than even the inorganic forms of fertility. Um, wow. And this also resulted in greater um, crop um, qualities, such as uh, for fodder, for, for silage, or for other um, uses, because we're also interested in looking at how some of these crops can be dual used. So they can provide feed for animals based on their residue or uh, directly for human consumption with these specialty crops. Mm -hmm. And so for the, the edamame project, uh, we're finding 67% greater yields under the subsurfer. And so we're really excited about these results. Um, and really for the edamame, it seems like the 10-inch planting is kind of optimum. And this makes sense because these are legumes, so they don't have some of the nitrogen requirements that, say, corn does. And so a little bit further banding distance. Um, seems to be optimum for for that system. Interesting, interesting. And do you have any um, theories as to why the the quality is better? Um, uh, yeah, for the poultry litter rather than the inorganic nitrogen. Yeah, that was a kind of a surprise. We assumed it would do better than the surface application of poultry litter because you know you're getting it closer to the roots and the crops can have more direct contact with it and increase uptake and removal. Um, but, yeah, the, the chemical fertilizers, we were really surprised by that result. Um, what we're kind of assuming is happening here is that poultry litter is a great fertilizer source because it's not just one or two nutrients. It's got a lot of macro and micronutrients. It also mm -hmm. is a natural liming agent because it increases soil pH. And in this part of the world, we have um, kind of naturally acidic soils. And so there's, I think, a, a multi-benefit coming from, from using poultry litter and then also using it and targeting applications closer to where the crops can use them. Mm -hmm. So that your response made me, um, you mentioned the soils in this part of the, of the country. Do you think this... Um, technology would be uh, would work in all parts of the country or are there areas where this might not be the best technology what what do you think if you had a if you had to guess about that <laughs> how broadly <laughs> applicable is the subsurfer yeah so we tested the corn experiment in two locations in Alabama as well um, and we had the same results across three locations in two years so we feel pretty confident about that, but those soils are also pretty similar um, to what we would see kind of throughout the southeast. And I think somebody in Phillips' group has tested this 
kind of in the northeast more. Um, so he may be able to speak to that. Yeah, Nina, this is Philip again. I I see that the subsurfer would be applicable to most regions of the U.S. And there's an anecdotal um, experiment that uh, Dan Pote, the former scientist, he's retired, recently retired. But um, So he had um, applied poultry litter using the subsurfer, and it was a fairly dry period. And so it was dry for several months. And um, then when we finally got rains, uh, he really noticed when compared to the control, a much greater yield in forages um, than in the control and in the surface applied litter. And so um, what he hypothesized was because when, when you apply the poultry litter, that nitrogen will just off gas. And so it'll turn into ammonia and it goes into the air. So when it, when it volatilizes, you don't have access to that nitrogen anymore. So Mm -hmm. if you can keep it below ground, and keep it where it's not volatilizing, when you do eventually get the rains, the nitrogen is there for the plants to access when they have the water to use it. So I think in the, even in dry areas, uh, this would be an appropriate technology to um, to capture the what's available in the nutrients, uh, minimize uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, and boost your yield. Hmm. That's really neat. Yeah, so I know the question on all our listeners' minds is, where can I get a hold of one of these? <laughs> when, uh, will will the subsurfer be, be widely available to people anytime soon? Oh, thanks for that question, Nina. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of the history of the subsurfer. It was um, patented, and then there was a buyer at one point for the patent, and they made, I think, about eight subsurfers for production, and then this is a smaller company, and it got bought out by a larger company. This larger company, um, you know, trying to optimize production, uh, didn't want to produce a subserver. So now we're in the process of um, trying to find another manufacturer for the subserver to make it more widely available to farmers. And um, so if any of the listeners out there know of someone <laughs> yeah. who may be interested, please call me. I'm, we're really <laughs> working hard to get this out to the public. Um, some of yeah. the, I would say some of the downsides to the subserver is um, you can do 20 to 30 acres per day. So it's um, not like some of the rapid type um, application applicators that you may have. Um, the other things, it requires about 125 horse tractor. So, you know, a little bit bigger tractor than maybe some of the small farmers would have. But other than that, um, you know, in, in the moisture content, when when um, it has to be 35% or lo- lower. So if you had farm uh, like manure that was out in the pasture, like getting rained on several times, you can't just put that in the subsurfer. So it kind of has to come directly out of the house. We found manure that comes, uh, poultry leaf that comes out of the house is, is okay. You know, it's fine uh, moisture-wise. But, you know, you have to be careful about storage and be careful about getting it too wet before you put into it. But other than that, um, we've just seen positive results from the subsurface. That's really great. That's really interesting. I, I hope that somebody out there is listening and decides to <laughs> mm-hmm. want to play a role in mass marketing this. Because it really it sounds like it's good for the soil. It's good for utilizing poultry litter and, and and making the most of that fertility. Um, so, and if it could be used in pasture and cropland, um, you know, that's 
that's huge. That's really exciting. So, um, so touching on that, what what is your vision for the subsurfer going forward? Where do you think? Um, wh- what role do you see it playing in in um, agriculture in the U.S.? One of the roles that I think has a has some possibilities, but we we'd have to do a little more work to um, on this. But I think the organic market. Um, from my understanding is, you know, it's it's difficult to get um, good fertilizer um, supplies and applications in the organic market. Um, poultry litter is approved, so it would be a great, um, very high-quality, very good nutrient supply for organics, and it, it would be, you know, okay for the certified organic producers. Um, one of the issues potentially could be um, weed control because um, organic producers many times plow between the rows for, for weed control. So if you plow between the rows, you, you, you may, you know, pull up the, the uh, poultry litter bands that were put below ground. Um, I think forage pastures are, would be a fantastic uh, application, especially some of the high quality forage. So if you're producing a forage for hay sales, you can get some really high um, protein in the, in the forages. And one of the things that if you talk to any poultry, anybody who has poultry litter that they're putting on the pastures, they watch the weather. So they want to get that poultry litter applied right before it rains because the longer the poultry litter sits on the surface, the more nitrogen you lose and the less potent your fertilizer is. So if you put it below ground, as I told in the anecdotal story earlier, we believe that you'll keep that nitrogen in the soil when the rains come the nutrients are there, and you get a big flush of forages. So in the in the um, farming industry, I think the small to mid-sized farms, um, beef cattle, forages, um, potentially the organic market, I think would be the, the highest um, use of it. And um, any place where there's um, a high value, because as I said, it you can do 20 to 30 acres a day, but... Um, you know, if you're talking about a 2,000-acre farm or bigger, that's probably not going to be the best use for the subsurfer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, great. Thank you. And um, one, one other thing I'm curious about, do you have any more uh, plans for future research projects on this, on the subsurfer? Amanda, do you want to take that or do you want me to take it? Yeah, and I was going to add to the kind of vision for it too that I think in areas of the world that have kind of litigated water quality issues like we do here with excess nutrients, um, mm-hmm. I think that this implement would be great as an incentive program for conservation practices like for EQIP. So the NRCS, the Natural Resource Conservation Service, um, provides incentive programs for producers to adopt practices that are deemed you know, environmentally beneficial. So. I think long-term, this, this could be something that would be a viable option for equip practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of future um, research, we have discussed maybe doing some rainfall simulation studies. So these are kind of um, plots with, with borders that are metal, and you can control the amount of water that goes in. And then we have um, collection uh, components of, of the small plots where we grab the water samples out. And so we rain on them for a certain amount of time. 
Um, so we've discussed doing some formal quantification of water quality benefits following mm -hmm. subsurfer applications, um, and then also looking at how crop yields and quality are improved. And then continuing, I think, some of the row crops, because it does seem like different responses to these optimum planting and band um, distances. So I, I can see us continuing some work um, in that area as well. And yeah, yeah. add to that, Nina, uh, we, um, it's a, at our research center, we have about 30 acres of certified organic uh, specialty crop land, and we are planning some future studies to in integrate the subsurfer into the organic cropping system to, to measure the, the um, potential benefits of using subsurfer versus a surface-supplied poultry litter. Mm -hmm. And, Philip, I'm glad you said that because it, it reminded me, too, that we have an ongoing project. It's a SARE project, a Southern Sustainable Ag Research and Education project, where we're looking at using the subsurfer in pastures and having um, different combinations of cover crops and um, forages to identify optimum um, plant combinations for increasing uh, pasture production in organic cropping um, systems. Oh, great. Yeah. I know that's a big area of interest that people have um, in terms of, you know, expanding biodiversity in pasture and in cover crops mm -hmm. using, like, cover crop cocktails and stuff. But it, it does seem like it's very much um, in the experimental phase, like what works best with what and all of that. So that's absolutely yeah. Um, We're excited. Yeah, that sounds really great. I'd love to. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we sent you a great. video, right? You got to see the subsurfer in action. Yes, I will. I think we'll we'll link to that um, in below the the podcast on the website, and um, and to the research paper that you have um, published, Amanda, um, about the. The edamame was it the sweet corn? Was that one that research was about? Yeah, I think it that was paper the paper that you study. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we can share that with folks um, to see some of the some of the nitty gritty, some of the numbers um, behind mm -hmm. behind the work that you've been doing. Um, and is there anything else you want to share with with listeners about about this project? Well, I would just add that um, we're continuing to try to understand the benefits and we really uh, and I've been pushing very hard to try to find manufacturers for the equipment because um, this is a very important for not only us to do research but, get, but to get this research into the hands of producers so that they can utilize the research and the knowledge to capitalize on that to to create some more sustainable um, environmentally friendly forms. Yeah, it sounds like the, the preliminary results, or not even preliminary, the, the results of, of years of working with this are, are super promising. So it would be it would be great to get this tool out there to, for people to use. This has been really great. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I would just say we appreciate all the work that you do um, to try to get information out to producers. Um, we at, at ARS, we're a research institution, so we, we're doing the research and we really rely on partners like you to help us get the word out about some of the, the findings that we're, we're uh, coming up with and some of the applications and tools that we develop to, to help our 
nation's producers. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's definitely a, a great partnership. Um, uh, we enjoy hearing all about the, the the work that you're doing, too, so we can share it with folks. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. This has been very interesting, and um, I look forward to hearing more as, about the subsurfer going forward as, as you continue that, that exciting research. All right. Thanks thank for you, your Nina. interest. Thanks for listening to ATRA. Voices from the Field. Please share this podcast if you can, and take a moment to leave a comment and subscribe. That really helps us get the word out about our sustainable agriculture programs. Also, don't forget to take a few minutes to complete the survey to let us know what you thought of the podcast. It really helps us make our podcast better in the future. And be sure to check out all of our sustainable agriculture resources at the ATRA website, www.atra.incat.org. The links are in the notes that accompany this podcast. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming.